Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. Today on the show, we will have Monsignor Charles Mangan in, uh, actually on the phone with us. Um, he is not on video, so if you're watching on video, don't go looking for it. He is only on audio. So you have to go to our website, sfcatholic.org, to find it. He is going to be here talking about the very recent Feast of St. John the Baptist um, and some different things about uh, his life and why he was important in the Bible. First, Dr. Bergwald is here giving me evil glances because I just clicked my pen. <laughs> you know, last names arose based usually on where you were from or what your profession was. Mine would so be, be Renee, Renee Clicking Pen. pen. <laughs> Renee Pen Clicker. <laughs> pen Clicker. Just, let's just start calling. Bill, let's just start calling her Pen Clicker. No. How about we just have some biblical bites with Dr. Oh, okay. B before this gets out of control right away? Well, yeah, okay. That's fine. So. How are you doing, Chris? Good. How are you, Renee? I'm great. How are you do, doing, Bill? I'm great, pen clicker. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that. You mean good. You, yes. he's, you asked him. Good. What's today, Renee? Oh, 14th day. Bill, did you tell her before? No, I didn't. No. Oh. He would never do that. Come on That's now. He likes true. to watch me squirm. <laughs> do and not you, know stuff. And of course, listeners, viewers know that we're recording in advance. So mm-hmm. you may not have actually. You know, I, I do you happen to know what the Sunday gospel is? Uh, it's probably Mark. Good. Ding, 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 ding. Because we're in Let's year. Let's see what was last week. We're in year B. Nice. Uh, last week was the, uh, oh, the woman with the hemorrhages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. where would he be next? Um, so we're early-ish in Mark. It's not, it's not like Lazarus or anything, is it? No, no, no. Okay. No, no. That comes I don't right know then. It's near at the end. So thank you for your honesty. Um, <laughs> I tried to guess and that didn't work out well. <laughs> this is where Jesus, this is, this is how the Sunday's gospel starts. John 6, 1 through 6. Mark, Mark 6, 1 through 6. Jesus departed from there and came to his native place accompanied by disciples. When the Sabbath came and began to teach, many heard him were astonished. Where did he get all this? I'm, I'm summarizing, paraphrasing now. Okay. Just, what kind of wisdom has been given him? What mighty deeds are up by his hands? Is he, isn't he the carpenter, the son of Mary, brother James, John, did it? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his native place and among his own kin and in his own house. So he was not able to perform any mighty deed there apart from curing a few sick people by laying his hands on them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Mm -hmm. So where is he? He's in Nazareth. How do you know? I remember that. I've been a Catholic for 48 years. (laughs) but, but, But does Mark tell us? He doesn't, does he? No. What does Mark say and said? Do you remember from when I read it to you a whole minute ago? No, Bill, do you Bill? remember? No, I was still stuck on how he was reading it. <laughs> right, oh, how right. Disappointed the paraphrasing and then quoting and then da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> don't be, don't be disappointed when the priest or deacon does it properly <laughs> with reverence. <laughs> Jesus departed from there and came to his native place. Oh, yeah. Mark I don't. We assume uh, he, he was born it, in Bethlehem. Na- so- it, this is Nazareth. Okay. We know from larger con. We, okay. it's Nazareth. But Mark, inspired by God, does not name. Why is that? You're going to tell us why, aren't you? I. It, it seems it just. So what? What? What's the whole point of what? What's the whole point here? The 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 lack of faith amongst Jesus' fellow the the townspeople people that he who knew grew him up best. with the people who presumably right. had known him best growing up. Right. So it's sort of like Mark, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna name the town because of your lack of faith. Now, 
like Mark knows we know where Jesus grew up. Right. I mean, it's like the, born the town that shall not be named. Exactly. The town, <laughs> that, the town, the place that shall not be named. Right. So, so what's, what's interesting here. So, based on my skimming and your awareness right. of the story and generalities. Right. Bill probably read it three times before this. Well, so. Sure. Why, <laughs> why wasn't Jesus able to perform any mighty deed? So Mark, Mark tells us, so he was not able to perform any mighty deed there. So they Jesus had a serious lack. Yeah. They have a serious lack of faith, a, but that, okay. But that's not Jesus's fault. Right. So why I mean, couldn't he perform any mighty deed? Because you, they you, lacked faith. Because so, like any faith. Think about that though. So what's the connection there? Like connect these dots for, so you are an intelligent lifelong cradle Catholic Renee Kranz. Uh Connect the dots for our listeners. I feel a setup. So Jesus is rendered powerless when there's a lack of faith. That is, that does seem very odd to me as you were reading it. I was like, you know, now that I think about that, that seems incredible, but maybe he's not really rendered powerless. Maybe he's teaching them a lesson. So, so yeah, well, he, In a so way, he's not definitively, I hate to say that that no, no, way, no, no, but no, so miracles are used. They're always used to strengthen somebody's faith. Oh, okay. Maybe somebody who's already strong to go deeper. Maybe somebody who's wavering to just reassure miracles are never used in the gospels and they never work to create faith where it's not there. That's true. Ne- You're right. Jesus raises Lazarus, so you brought up like mm-hmm. Jesus raised it later would raise Lazarus from the dead. How would the Pharisees respond? Let's kill him. Oh, right. What? <laughs> so there are people now who who came to believe, but they already they were there's an if there's an openness there, he'll work with that. But he does. Jesus never imposes faith where it's where it's lacking. So miracle is never used to create faith where there's closed. So they were not only lacking it; they were also not open oh, no. to it. Because why? Because they think they know who he is. Right. So this is for me our takeaway today. Do we are are, are, are is there an openness in us for him? Or do we think that in some way we also, I, I, I know who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got him figured out and yeah, I go to mass on Sunday or yeah, I pray every day, mm-hmm. but is there an openness to allowing him do, to do something new in our lives mm-hmm. or will he be amazed at our life? That's really interesting stuff. Thanks, Dr. B. You bet. In the studio with me today is Monsignor Charles Mangan. He is, oh gosh, I didn't write this down before we started. Monsignor Mangan, help me. Which parishes are you at currently? <laughs> yes, I'm at St. Mary of Mercy in Alexandria, St. Martin of Tours in Emory, and St. Stephen in Bridgewater. Oh, okay. And I'm also the chaplain at the Carmelite Monastery of our Mother of Mercy and St. Joseph in Alexandria. That's right. That's right. Thank you for helping me out with that. (laughs) So Monsignor is on the phone with us today, and we are going to talk about um, St. John the Baptist. Uh, It is the Feast of His Nativity as we are recording this on Thursday, the 24th of June. So um, we get to talk about St. John the Baptist, which is not a topic that I think I've talked to you about. No, I don't think so either, Renee. Yeah. I think this is the first time for us. Yeah, we've talked a lot about Mary, a lot about different saints and stuff, and this is one saint we haven't really touched on ever that I can think of. So I'm excited. Yeah. I am too. <laughs> Good. Very um, much. All right. So let's just start with um, why are we? I, I didn't. I gave you some questions, and I didn't really. I'm not going to really do them in any order. So 
Um, why are we celebrating the birth of St. John the Baptist today? The reason we celebrate the birth of St. John the Baptist is because St. John the Baptist is a very significant figure in Christianity. Uh, he is, as we know, the word we sometimes use, use is the precursor or the forerunner to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So he paved the way for the Lord. So, you know, Renee, for me, whenever we get to 24th of June, I always think the church is so orderly. We have Christmas Day on the 25th of December. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, if you go nine months before the 25th of December, you're at March 25th, which is the Annunciation, mm -hmm. when our Blessed Lady said yes to the Archangel Gabriel, who told her that she would become the mother of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So... Nine months from Annunciation to Christmas, but interspersed is the nativity or birthday of John the Baptist, which is about three months after the Annunciation, right. because as we know, John was six months older than Jesus. Right. Uh, so the reason we celebrate him today is because we recognize his contribution, and his contribution always, first and foremost, is to prepare the way of the Lord. Right. And so he is very significant figure in all of Christianity uh, to think that God sent him to prepare the way for the God-man, Jesus Christ. Right. And that was really his role in the gospel, along with uh, baptizing and baptizing Jesus. Yes, that's right. He baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. And thanks to St. John Paul II— that is the first of the five luminous mysteries of the rosary, mm -hmm. which St. John Paul II gave to us in 2002. Um, and so it's a very important feast day to remember the birth of John the Baptist, which, of course, was the beginning of so much of what he did to prepare the way of the Lord, to baptize Jesus, to uh, call people to repentance. Uh, this is what he did. Right. Now, his parents were fairly significant. And the way I understand it, they were probably somewhat wealthy or at least had a higher status based on Zachariah's position in the uh, in the synagogue, correct? Yes. As far as the wealth of, the, uh, of them, it's hard to say. But as you say, he very much had a high place uh, in the Jewish hierarchy. Mm -hmm. um, he was the one responsible to go to the temple and he even had the privilege of going and offering sacrifice to God, which was not something that everyone had the chance to do. Right. And Zechariah, or some translations will say Zachary, um, he was the one who heard from the Lord that this John the Baptist would come from, from him and from his wife, Elizabeth. So it's a very important part of the New Testament, and we get that very early in St. John's Gospel. Right. And his birth was a bit of a miracle itself, yes? Elizabeth was a little older. <laughs> she was older, <laughs> yes. and she was barren. And we do hear that in the Old Testament, a number of people who were barren, women who were barren, and yet God intervened and something great happened. Right. And that was the case with John the Baptist and his parents. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, okay. So we know that Mary went to visit Elizabeth. This is a, a question I don't know if you can answer. I don't believe it's in the Bible. So this is all probably conjecture, but <laughs> that's my big word for the day. Um, we know Mary went to visit Elizabeth. Was she still there when John was born? Do we have any idea? Uh, well, good question. What we know from the sacred scripture is that indeed she was present. Uh, she was present when uh, Elizabeth was still in her term mm -hmm. of uh, bringing forth John the Baptist. You know, the tradition has been that Mary went to visit and stayed with uh, Elizabeth for three months. So it's very possible and I think you would say likely based on that, that um, our Blessed Lady was there for the birth. Right. And then no doubt, perhaps Elizabeth had somebody else who was assisting, uh, but Our Lady went out of her way to go and serve her, even though Mary herself was with child. Um, so with that in mind, I think, Renee, we could, I, I think you would say that it seems to make sense that uh, our Blessed Mother would have been there when John the Baptist was born. Right, right. Okay, so John was very famous. <laughs> Probably yes. more famous than Jesus, at least for a little while. Um, how did that happen? And do we know, like, was he known outside of the Bible? Like, is there information about him outside of what we know in the scriptures? We would have to say that what we know about John the Baptist really does come from the scriptures. Now, that's not to say that there weren't other people around that time or after that time who would have reflected on what he did. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, um, really what we know about John the Baptist does come to, through the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And of course, as he said so often, he was not the Lord. So. Right he would not have had the interest uh, around him that Jesus would eventually have because of his three years of public ministry, his death uh, and crucifixion and resurrection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So although some of the early contemporaries of John certainly would have taken notice, it was Jesus who truly surpassed John right. and John's notoriety. Right. I've always loved the... Um I don't know what the verse is in the Bible. I'm really bad at that. <laughs> the uh, John's when he says, uh, "I must decrease, uh, so you may increase." Um, I think that's something that we we could all do well to remember sometimes. Yes, and when you think about it, Renee, Renee, he was he was always about presenting the Lord. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, he was always about making sure that Christ was adored and loved and known. Um, and he really did recede yes. into the background. And, and he did so willingly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he really he did. He really did. Um, and he had no fear about doing that. Right, right. You know? So are there some ways, besides that, that we just talked about, but are there, are there some ways that John the Baptist is relevant for us today? especially in the, maybe the work we do um, as lay people? Yes, uh, I think he's very relevant. And may I say, Renee, you asked about that verse, uh, mm -hmm. that St. John's Gospel, chapter 3, yes. verse 30. 
Yeah. Um, he must increase. So John referring to Jesus, but I, John, must decrease. Right. Um, so John 3.30. Um, how is St. John the Baptist uh, relevant to uh, for us today, even outside of perhaps scripture or outside of um, being the precursor of the Lord? Well, I think you'd have to say that he remains such a good example of perseverance and courage and mortification. Mm-hmm. You know, he, as we know, he, he ate a very sparse diet um, and an unusual diet uh, with locusts and wild honey. Um, he did that, of course, not for himself, but he did that in penitence for his sins. Mm-hmm. He remains for us a wonderful example of doing penance for our sins. Um, you know, and doing penance, Renee, as we know, is a lifelong thing. Right. Um, yes, we're so grateful to go to confession, have our sins forgiven, and we look forward to every opportunity for that. But then to be able to say, um, gee, uh, I'm going to do penance uh, for my current sins and for my past sins. This is what our Blessed Mother asked for at Fatima. Uh, this is what the gospel teaches us. So I believe he is a tremendous example in that way. And then, Renee, I think another increasingly important example is courage. Um, he truly was a man of courage. He told the truth and literally lost his head for it. Right, right. You know, and when we talk about, you know, we use certain phrases that uh, come from a long time ago, and we hear about people losing their head or mm-hmm. so on. I mean, that goes back to to him. Right. He lost his head because he was faithful, and he told, uh, you know, he told uh, the, the ruler of the day in his area that it was not right for him to live with someone other than his wife. Right. Yep. So you know, I mean, he he did. He just spoke it. He said it. And it wasn't out of hatred. It was out of conviction that this is not what God wants of us. Right. Um, I know when um, Dr. Bergwald and I were talking about uh, St. John the Baptist on his show recently, um, he mentioned that he's a good example of missionary discipleship for us, that John pointed the way to Jesus and kind of opens the door a little bit so Jesus can walk in. So that's kind of what we're supposed to do as missionary disciples. And I thought that was really uh, insightful of Dr. Bergwald to, to say. <laughs> he says some good things once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, he does. He does some, <laughs> says some very good things. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's well put. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things we become, and it's understandable, we can come become very timid. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just don't think that we're up to the task of being, you know, a disciple of the Lord. And it's true. And we're not. And that's the thing. We're really not up to the task. Right. But it's God's grace and strength, praying for his strength, praying for that fortitude and courage to go forward. That's really what it's about. Yeah, it really is. Okay. Is there anything else about John the Baptist that you think we should mention? I think in in conclusion, I would say, Renee, that um, there is so much there to learn about him. I think we said doing penance, being courageous, just being humble and accepting who we are. You know, 
he knew well his identity. Right. Um, he knew well who he was before the Lord. He said, I am not the Messiah. Mm-hmm. I am not the Messiah. I'm not Jesus Christ, the long awaited Messiah. He wasn't looking for that. He wasn't pining for that. Um, he was grateful to God for what God had given to him. And so I think self-identity, which I I think many of us know today is a real struggle. Mm -hmm. could be for us. It could be for our brothers and sisters uh, in different places. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, who are we before God? What does he want of us? What is my vocation? How am I to serve him? And, you know, I had mass this morning for our Carmelites here, and I made the comment, um, you know, for us to know that, we have to ask about it. We have to pray for it. Um, sometimes that may be a struggle to know, how am I to serve the Lord in the church? Right. Um, it's true, we are baptized. So in itself, that tells us we are sons and daughters of the Father. We are brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. And we are sons and daughters of Mary. Mm-hmm. That comes to us from baptism. Right. But then how is that worked out on a day-to-day basis? What is my personal vocation that God has given to me? We have to ask for help. We need to ask for inspiration. And John is a tremendous example of prayer. Yeah, yeah, he really is. Okay, so Monsignor Mangan, you are about to go to a new assignment. Yes. (laughs) And I'm very sad about it because you are going far away. Um, (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about what you're going to be doing very soon, actually? Yes. Bishop DeGrude um, accepted the invitation of Archbishop William Laurie, who's the Archbishop of Baltimore, that I would go and teach at Mount St. Mary's Seminary in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Mm -hmm. Uh, The seminary is located in the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Uh, which is a very important diocese in church history in the United States. Um, And the bishops are going to be uh, participating in the celebration of the anniversary of that magnificent uh, cathedral basilica there of the Assumption Mm -hmm. in Baltimore. But Renee, you know, it's about going and helping to form young men who are on the way to the priesthood, who right. are discerning that call to the priesthood. And um, it's a chance to offer spiritual direction, to teach classes to them, um, hopefully to be a good example for them. And um, it, it'll be a real blessing. I t- I've been thinking along this line that for my whole priestly life, 32 years this year, mm-hmm. that it's been, all been about, of course, being a priest and offering the sacraments and closely aligned with that has been teaching. Right. And I hope that, you know, I've been able to teach the truth of God's holy word and the teaching of the church uh, to the people of God in parishes, children in school, and so on. Right. And now I get to teach those who will teach us. Mm -hmm. Um, Someday they'll hear my confession. They'll anoint me. They'll give me consolation. Right. And, you know, that's what I hope to do is just to be able to continue this great work of Christ. Yeah. Uh, informing men to be his his brothers and his disciples. Right. Uh, do you foresee being coming back to the Sioux Falls Diocese at some point? Or is that that's all kind of up in the air, isn't it? 
Well, you know, it, it's one of those things that is always a little bit unclear as to what will happen. Right. But Bishop DeGrood uh, decided to go with a four-year commitment that could be increased or decreased okay. depending on the needs of the diocese. And, sure. uh, you know, so yes, I do expect to come back one day. Oh, good. <laughs> um, and, uh, but you know, like anything else we do, we'll have to see what God has in mind. Yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have a couple minutes left, and I don't know if this is enough time for this, but one thing I know about you is you have a great devotion to Mary. And I've, someone asked me the other day, they heard we were going to be interviewing you for Catholic Views, and they said they've always wanted to know where this devotion you have came from. So is there a two-minute like quick history of where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure, sure. And, uh, uh, you know, first of all, you know, I think um, any devotion to Mary comes from God's goodness and Mary's response to God. Mm -hmm. And you know, I would say I grew up in a in a very a Catholic home. Um, we had a beautiful image of the Blessed Mother, very famous image of Mary holding Jesus and Jesus holding grapes. Um, and that was a centerpiece of our dining room. I would say also we had the most sacred heart of Jesus picture in the living room when we prayed every night, mm -hmm. uh, the part of the rosary in our prayers. I think that was it. I think also, Renee, Catholic school um, and the sisters, the presentation sisters of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who were, of course, very dedicated and have dedicated their lives to the mother of God. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that I was an altar boy for eight years. I think that was a beautiful thing that increased my love for Mary. Sure. And then to, to know good and holy priests and sisters and lay people who encouraged that, who taught me, who shared with me, um, I think that's what it's been about. Well, it's been a real blessing to a lot of people in the diocese, so I hope you know that. I think a lot of people have appreciated no. that about you. And um, while you're gone, it will be missed. So we'll look forward to you coming back. I mean, I'm sure there's other people who <laughs> have a very strong devotion to Mary too, yes, but, yes, but I've yes. always known that in you. So it's, well, it's been thank great. Thank you very much. For yeah. Um, okay. Before we go, since now we are going to, just so the audience knows, we are going to record another episode with Monsignor Mangan. We're going to talk about how he got his call to the priesthood. I don't know when that will air. It will air sometime in the future, so you'll have to be watching for it. But uh, So you will hear Monsignor's voice again sometime in the near future. Until then, Monsignor, before you head off to Maryland, would you give us a blessing, please? Yes, uh, happily. Commending you to the Great Mother of God, Mary Most Holy, to St. Joseph, whom we remember especially this year, and to St. John Baptist, whom we remember today. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit come upon you and remain with you forever. Thank you, Monsignor Rangan. I appreciate you, so Renee. much that you could be here with us for this uh, You're day. welcome. Thanks a lot. Bye -bye. All right. Uh, next week, I actually don't know who we're going to have next week, so we'll find out that together. Um, if you are looking for information about the diocese or want to check out uh, any of our social media, our website is sfcatholic.org. You can find us at Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and Instagram at SF Diocese anytime you like. That is it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views. Music.